Blog Talk Radio. Desperate Housewitches. I'm your host, Raina Starr. Desperate Housewitches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm kind of hoping it is. Desperate Housewitches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the awesome Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. I am so happy to have tonight's guest. This is a wonderful lady, a proprietress of Urania as well, author of Touch the Earth, Kiss the Sky, and just a fabulous person. Say hello to Diotima Mantinea. Hi, Diotima. How are you? Hi, Raina. I'm great. And I just had to let my cats in, and they're great, too. Hi, kitties. Oh, well, well, I love cats, so perfect. Um, So as as we were discussing just before we went on the air, I actually was listening to another podcast that you had appeared on. Shout out to Stormy Grace over at Eat and Greet, and... You guys were talking about something that I'm not familiar with called mundane astrology. Can you please enlighten me and tell me what mundane astrology is? Absolutely. Well, as a pagan, I'm sure you've heard the term mundanes uh, as, sure. as opposed to um, magical people. And really, it all comes from the Latin word for the world. And so... You know, mundanes are very much involved in the world instead of in, you know, magical fantasy land. (laughs) Um, And mundane astrology is essentially the astrology of world affairs. Uh, Politics, culture, environment, um, anything having to do with the collective. And mostly it's what I write my blog on. So if you've ever read any of my blog posts, you've probably seen me you know, talking about what's going to be happening weather-wise, what's going to be happening politically, the fact that Biden would, in fact, win the election. All of these, all of these come under mundana, the, the term mundane astrology, and uh, it's a somewhat arcane branch of astrology, but it is not all that different from natal astrology, it's just that the charts we use are charts for, for instance, set for Washington, D.C. For instance, I'm just writing a blog post on uh, tomorrow's spring equinox. Mundane yeah. astrologers use what we call ingress charts, which are essentially just the charts of the solstices and equinoxes. When the 
sun enters the astrological signs of uh, the cardinal astrological signs of Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn, we cast a chart for the exact moment that the sun enters that sign, which is the moment of the spring equinox, and we uh-huh. cast the chart for a particular place. So if I'm if I'm going to be l- looking at what's going to be going on for the next three months in the United States, I will cast the chart for Washington, D.C. I may al- also cast charts if I'm looking at the stock market for the birth of the stock market. It's called the Buttonwood chart way back in 1780-something. <laughs> yeah. So we wow. use a lot of different charts. Um, some mm-hmm. different techniques, but basically it's all still astrology. It's just the astrology of the collective, of world affairs, of, you know, weather, environment, all that sort of stuff. Does that make sense? Oh, neat. It does. That's, but I didn't realize that there were, I mean, and of course that makes sense, but I never thought about it. Like, I never considered that there was a chart for the stock market. I don't know why it never occurred to me. It just never occurred to me. It's, I guess it's just something, not being a person who's um, an astrologer, I guess I'm just one of those lay people who doesn't, doesn't know that. But that's very cool. Well, I'll tell you um, what. If you, can, if you can give me the date and time of the first episode of Desperate House Witches, I will cast the chart of the show. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, um, I can I can somewhat do that. Um, right. I believe so it, it was after the, the show because I can't I can't I, cast it, it yeah, right it now. Was, but it, yeah, it was a no. Of course, it was it was you know going on ten years ago. So yeah, uh, it's wow. a while back. Yeah, we, I didn't realize you've been, been, been around that long. Yeah, uh, February of 2012. So I am going into my tenth year pretty soon. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Congratulations. That, that I'm, thank you. I'm much appreciated. Um, so something was aligned correctly at some point. That's that makes me feel Clearly. a lot more comfortable. That's a good thing. Um, Clearly. So, so I wanted to talk to you about, you know, well, you wanted to talk about equinox being tomorrow. Um, is there anything special? Uh, I'm assuming that there's a chart for that as well. Um, <laughs> so what's happening yes. as far as the world and and our functionality in it? Because we are coming out of a what I considered a really dark time, was that borne out by astrology as well? Yes, it was, definitely, and on so many different levels. And the, the chart for the spring equinox, as, as I'm um, writing about, is really kind of a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's got its, its issues. We're not you know, anywhere near out of the woods that we've been in uh, for the last year or so, but we're getting there, and I see a lot more hope and openness and um, communication happening, and I think that um, Biden's administration will become more and more popular over the next few months, um, I, and I think there's going to be a lot more optimism in, in the country. I certainly hope so, because 
you know, the gods know we need it. And the interesting thing is, is what the spring equinox is, I had a bit of an argument with, um, not an argument, but I, I had to uh, prove to one of my editors when I was, uh, when my book was being edited, that an astrology chart actually is an accurate representation of what's going on in the sky at the time. It really is mm -hmm. a map, an, an actual map of where the planets are in relation to where you are at, or, or where the chart is cast for. And right. the thing about the solstices and the equinoxes is that they are af actual astronomical events that trace the, obviously, the path of the Earth around the sun. But from our point of view here on Earth, and astrology is geocentric because we're on Earth, so that's where we right. want to know what's going on. It mm -hmm. <laughs> is, it, it, the, the equinox is, and there are two of them, spring and fall, the two equinoxes mm -hmm. Are when the equator, are when the celestial equator and the ecliptic, the path of the sun around the apparent path of the sun around the Earth, uh, come together. So it is an actual astronomical event, and uh, we call that zero degrees of Aries, and then we divide the 360 degrees of the circle of the ecliptic by 12, and there you have 12 signs. But it's all absolutely reflected in in the astronomy. And it's very interesting, you know, in, on, on the two equinoxes, the sun, this is the only time the sun rises directly in the east. Mm -hmm. So that as, you know, as we go towards the summer solstice, the sun is going to move further and further north in the sky until it reaches mm -hmm. the Tropic of Cancer, which is where it stands still at the summer solstice. And then we see it apparently moving again back towards the south, and then when it hits due east, we have another equinox, and then the sun uh, keeps on its apparent path through the sky uh, further to the south, and that's when winter sets in. And that's when we eventually, yeah. when it reaches the Tropic of Capricorn, that's when we get the winter solstice. So I, you yeah. know, I, I feel that, that these are actual, since these are actual astronomical events, it's usually pretty easy if you are sensitive at all to sense the shift in the energy in the world around us at these times. Mm. And they yeah. are, in fact, uh, if you work any kind of magic with astrology, they are, in fact, very magical, powerfully magical times to work. Now, the, um, <clears throat> the midpoints between solstice and equinox, equinox and solstice, are also very powerful points. They are um, at 15 degrees of the fixed signs of the zodiac, right between the, the cardinal signs, and they are also um, very, very powerful times to work, to work magic and really mm -hmm. to get anything off the ground. So, so that's what I'm looking at as far as the equinox is concerned. And and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about the way things are going. I mean, we've still got problems with people trying to pass off um, totally made-up stories as actual news. And mm -hmm. uh, people, you know, people, and, and, and 
hate isn't going away, but hate hasn't gone away in, in all of the years of history, so I don't think it's going to happen now. But we're definitely headed for a lighter, brighter season this year. Is it possible that, that hatred is going back perhaps towards the shadows of where we like to keep it, or at least where we liked to keep it before uh, the last four years? I mean, I just had never seen anything so viscerally horrible. I mean, hatred is horrible, you know, for the most part when it's for no apparent reason other than somebody being different from you. And I, I really could not imagine how bad it had gotten. Um, I had no way of, I, well, at least I didn't see it coming. I should have, but I didn't. Um, so, I, I mean, it's been a kind of a scary number of years this past year, of course, being one of the worst with the lies and the killings and, and mm-hmm. just constant, constant influx of horrible stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so bad that you wonder, you know, when you're used to waking up every day and wondering what's going to go wrong in the world, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to relax after that. Is there something in the chart that says, okay, it is going to start to maybe back down and, and go back to the shadows or is it is it something that we just have to deal with as it is because it's really not going away in the form that it is right now? There are absolutely things in this chart that lead me to hope that people will start gaining more empathy and also taking a firmer stand against TRID. But really, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think what is most important and I always kind of stress this, is that we as individuals need to look to ourselves, look to what we say, look to what we do, and stand up for what we believe in. If you see someone being harassed, speak, you know, and, and you have the opportunity, you're in a position where you can say something, then you say something. I think that one right. of the reasons that, Things are getting, I mean, hatred's been around for a while, but things are getting a whole hell of a lot better than they were even 100 years ago, 150 years ago, when they still had lynchings and they brought children to lynchings. And, you know, it, 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 back in the, um, you know, times when there were witch burnings, I mean, people would torture. And I torture still exists, but there is much more social um, disapproval of, of torture, of violence. And I think the more, especially with our ability to communicate with each other now, clearly and over great distances, I think it's more, both more likely and more important for people to stand up and say, no, this is, this is wrong and I do not agree with this. And you cannot, you know, you, you cannot do this. So going back into the shadows is more like being put back into the shadows because the light of people who are holding a candle up to generate a better society is getting mm-hmm. so bright that they can't, that, that, that the shadows are, are, you know, 
<clears throat> kind of, it's kind of hard to hide anymore. Let's put it that way. If and and the fact that so many people aren't trying makes it easier for those of us who don't agree with, oh, say, you know, beating a policeman to death um, <clears throat> on the steps of the Capitol, uh-huh. are are able to look and say, well, this is wrong. This is just so wrong, and, and I don't agree with this. And, and people will get fired up, and people will go to the polls, as they did in November, and they did again on January yeah. 5th. You know, people will go to the polls and say, this is not how I want to live my life. This is not the kind of society that I want my children to live in. But the individual is always very important, and especially magical individuals, because those of us Mm -hmm. who practice magic have a fairly strong understanding of how to influence the, the zeitgeist, how to influence the energy around us to whatever degree, but... Every little bit yeah. helps. I mean, the gods make it so. Because, quite frankly, yeah. it's it's been an untenable number of years for me to watch things have unfolded in the most negative manner that I could have ever imagined. I mean, it's been it's been horrible, really frightening. Yeah. It, it's it's been frightening. It's been horrible. I've and I wanted to ask you something else. I noticed okay. that over the past four years, um, a lot of folks, all types of situations. I've seen tons and tons of relationships falling apart, changing, um, reimagining. Um, and I was wondering if that was something you had been able to pick up on in advance, too. I've never seen anything like it. It's been such a time, it seems like it's been such a time where people have become um, more introspective because they had all this time at home. And I was just wondering if that's what lent itself to people really discovering their more authentic selves and maybe changing their patterns on how they live and how they move in the world. And I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that or if there was anything to indicate that that was coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The the past year with all of those, I don't know how much you follow astrology, but we had a lot of major astrological stuff happening in the sign of Capricorn, uh, which is, you know, all signs have their their good manifestation and their more difficult manifestation. And Capricorn, um, ruled by Saturn, and with Pluto and Jupiter and for a while Mars in Capricorn too, was just bearing down on everyone, and there was a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And fear, yeah. I often think if we, could, if, if we could eliminate fear, we could eliminate hatred. Because really, I think so much hatred is just, is just based in fear. And so there was a whole lot of fear happening last year, fear of the pandemic, fear of what was going mm-hmm. on politically, fear of, mm-hmm. you know, the law enforcement and its, its 
the the way that it is not being appropriately applied. Um, and I I think that forced a lot of people into a confrontation with themselves. And, Interesting. And I I do think too that when you're dealing with fear, it's very difficult to, or at least for some people, it's going to be very difficult to be open in a relationship. Yeah. And I think that we tend to project our fears outward. We tend to project our fears onto other people. Um, And I think that this made this need to really face our fears made good relationships Mm -hmm. stronger. But I I also think that it probably broke up a lot of relationships. Now, we had what's called a great conjunction, um, which was happens every 20 years, but um, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. But in this case, it presaged, it was the first Jupiter-Saturn conjunction uh, that is the beginning of 200 years of this conjunction happening in an air sign, whereas before it had been happening in an earth sign, uh, with one exception, which I won't go into too technical. Um, Okay. Uh, the fact that we are moving into, and moving into these conjunctions in the air sign, and we had this conjunction in Aquarius, and mm-hmm. now we have several planets moving through Aquarius, and now what we are beginning to understand, as a society, is that we do best when we cooperate with each other. That is the human evolutionary superpower. It's not just our big brains. It's not just our opposable thumbs. It's the fact Uh that we are capable of cooperating with each other and making things happen together instead of everybody trying to do everything by themselves. And I think that, you know, the the sign of Aquarius really is about groups and about working together and about... Uh, creating a just society, if there is a sign of social justice, a single sign that that, uh, reflects social justice, all of them do to one degree or another. But if there is a single sign that screams social justice, it's Aquarius. So I think there's a great deal of awareness going. I think that Mm -hmm. for for many of us, um, we have, you know, the, the, the shift in the political climate has lifted a lot of our fears. I mean, I I don't know how I would feel if Trump had won, but I'm I'm sure I, a lot of us would be shaking in our boots um, <clears throat> because yeah. it is the, the you know the the level of corruption. Um, somebody who welcomes Nazis for God's sake, Nazis, right? Uh, I know. You know, it, it, who, who has a Nazi in the White House, you know, um, several people in the White House who who are think, think Nazism is just fine. People have forgotten World War II. People have forgotten what yes. happens when the Nazis take power. I have not yes. because I'm old and because my father was at the liberation of Dachau. And, and it's, um, it's, it's something that is just... I can't believe that less than, you know, 80 years later, we're still 
you know, we, we seem to have forgotten what happened and be okay with, you know, Nazi flags and, and, and um, Heil Hitler salutes and all of this sort of stuff. It's just astonishing to me. But I think that the latest election shows that our democracy works. Our democracy is beaten and bloodied, but still standing. Yeah. And I think that we'll be better. Please go ahead. Yes. No, but you said I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just fascinated. Your father was, I'm sorry, in Dachau? No, he was was there at the liberation when when the Americans came in and liberated that particular... Can't. Yeah. Wow. That's in fact, I, I have what a, a story. Yeah, he wouldn't talk about it much, you know. And and um, interesting story. One day, this was in the early '60s. I was in my early to mid-teens, and you know, this is back in the mm-hmm. time when necklaces were just all the things, and we were wearing chokers and beads and feathers yes. and all of this sort of stuff. And and so, uh-huh. Dad gave me this sort of box of medals and ribbons and other things that he had collected during the war. And I knew nothing, nothing about World War II. I was still very young. I didn't even know what Nazism is. And I'm poking through this box of stuff and I see this kind of cool looking medal on a cool looking ribbon. And I put it on and I went to school. Well, I don't Uh need to tell you what it was. And, man, I got hauled out of class and down to the principal's office so fast my head was spinning. And everyone was furious at me. It was terribly traumatic because, of course, I had no idea what what the hell they were even talking about. But, I mean, it became very clear very quickly that I really didn't know what was going on. It was explained to me. But what hit me was the level of anger. And we have lost that anger. And that anger should still yeah. be there. And I, for one, am furious, furious that we entertain Nazis in, in, in this day and age. I agree. And How did we get here? This is yeah. insanity. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. The things that we knew were wrong and bad, and I'm almost 60. The things that I have always known were wrong and bad in the world suddenly became acceptable. And I am completely freaked out about it. I can't even imagine how it became okay to walk around. And, I mean, even the most minute thing, like saying the Holocaust didn't happen. I mean, that's like the least of it, and I can't believe it's happening. Much less the, the horrors that are being inflicted upon, you know, non-white people, because it's everybody, mm-hmm. it's Asian Americans, mm-hmm. it's African Americans, it's Latinos, Latinas, it's everybody, everybody who's not lucky enough to be Quite white, male. and I say that, I hope everyone knows the intent in which I say that, um, mm-hmm. it's insanity to me. <laughs> when did this become okay? Did Trump break the world? Did he make that kind of evil acceptable. And I'm still not he over tried, it, but obviously. no, I don't think he did. No, he oh. he tried, but I I don't think he did. And I I think that 
um, that that it really will be better. And it's just a question of we need to stand up for what we believe in, and we all need to stand up and speak up and really dig deep within ourselves and figure out what our core values are, what's worth living for, oh, yeah. and you know what's worth standing up against, and even maybe what's worth dying for. Um, and certainly two movies, um, two, no, two television series that is some of the best television ever made. And it's very hard to find these days. I think the first one is called Winds of War, and it's on YouTube. And okay. the second one, which is where it really digs into what happened in Europe during World War II, is called War and Remembrance. Both books were written by Herman Wouk. And mm-hmm. he um, supervised the, the creation of the television programs. And it, they, uh, it's extraordinary television. The, um, the acting, wow. the scripts are, are just incredible. But it really does show how Nazism took over and, it, you know, like, like the, the frog in boiling water. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying, oh, that could never happen. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And the next thing they know, um, they're, they're, they're in a concentration camp. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I think it's important to remember that people are saying, well, we don't have any concentration camps here. We're not sending anyone to the gas chambers. But it didn't start out that way. It just kept no, building and building because people kept saying, "Oh, it's okay. They'll never do that. That won't, you know, that that won't that won't hurt us. That won't that won't bother us. They couldn't do that." And they did. Mm-hmm. And and I think we need to keep ringing the alarm bell loud and clear when things yeah. like this happen. And I think we did. And apparently, enough people were. Um, sufficiently moved to get to the polls. What really bothers me is how many people actually voted for Trump, of course, but, you know. Of course, of course. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that in 2015, uh, you know, a bunch of people sat around and said, oh, don't worry, he'll never, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. never be a serious candidate. And I'm like, this fucking guy, I mean, excuse my French, but this fucking guy can win, and he yeah. did. And it's been a nightmare ever since. And I begged people, please, I know you may not like his opponent. However, I am going to implore you to vote against this guy because this guy is clearly out of his element and has no idea what he's doing. And much to my dismay, folks decided to just go do their own thing. And I'm like, you can never afford in politics to do your own thing because something like this can happen, sure enough, it happened. So as I, my friend, anybody who's um, ever my listened friend to the show knows I'm insane about certain things like this. I mean, you know, the minute you don't look is the minute disaster strikes. Uh-huh, that's very true. And as my friend uh, Hecate Demeter, the blogger, has often said, internalized misogyny has consequences. And the consequences in the 2016 election were that we didn't elect a nice lady in the pantsuit who had extraordinary 
plans for improving the country, all of which she'd put up on her website so you could look at them. She offered them to Trump yes. after he was elected. You know, you need a plan here. I've got one. Go, just go, go here. And, yeah. and instead, you know, some of the most – I was so surprised at, at some of the people who actually voted for him. But I, you mm-hmm. know, I think they came to see that not only was not not only was he really a horrible person, as even uh-huh. his family will say, uh, but he's uh-huh. incompetent. So we, but, you know, but let's not let's not focus on that because I would like okay. to look forward. I would like to look ahead because. I don't want to give I don't I don't want to to give him a lot of energy because he is behind us now thank heaven and we are really beginning to see we have Merrick Garland in the justice department White House yeah. Kamala yeah. Harris you know it's it's things yeah. are things are really looking up and I am encouraged but you know, Biden and his administration have an awful lot to face, one of which, uh, the most important of which, to my way of thinking, is the environment and the catastrophes that face us because of our, our ignorance of and our refusal to pay attention to what we are doing to the web of life on this planet. Agreed. I wanted to ask you about the EPA and is there a chance to do any kind of recover um, as far as, you know, taking care of the planet? Because as everyone knows, you know, we had left the Paris Climate Accord. The EPA was all but dismantled. Um, We've, re- rejoined. We've rejoined. We've rejoined. We've yes. rejoined the Paris Accord. Yes. And the yes. EPA so today... My- just today, you had yes. said that to me when we when we when we were messaging earlier something about the EPA. Yes. And not an hour yes. later, I was online <laughs> and I saw that they had restored all of the information oh. on climate change to their website that Trump had removed yes. from it. So yeah, I think I think a lot of the scientists in the EPA, the the people who actually work there, who were not uh, Trump toadies. And I think, you know, Biden is doing everything he can to get rid of the the Trump toadies who have burrowed into various areas of the government. And it's going to take a little while. But any scientist worth his salt or her salt who studies Mm -hmm. the environment, worth their salt, I guess is the best way to put it, who studies the environment knows damn well that we got to get to work, that we don't have much time left before – Things are so bad that we're going to have like massive deaths. That's going to make COVID look, you know, look like um, a seasonal flu. Uh huh. Do you mean from a weather standpoint or from a disease standpoint or both? That and disease, weather. Poisoning. I don't know if you saw there was an article um, in The Guardian. This <laughs> might get some, some male people moving, some female people too. <laughs> Apparently, um, penis size is shrinking. And the sperm count. Yes, yes, you heard me right. Um, wow. 
as is male sperm counts and have been since 1973, according to these scientists, the article was in the, was in the Guardian, because of yeah. all of the chemicals that we have been poisoning our atmosphere with and our water Whoa. and, you know, all of, all of this stuff. And, and there were actually scientists who said, if this keeps up at the current rate by, you know, 2045, you know, there, there will be, we won't be able to reproduce. And, yeah, I do Holy think that our reproductive capacity is, is going to become a problem. I'm not sure that overpopulation is going to be a problem that I once thought it was going to be, and many people thought it was going to be, because we're basically poisoning ourselves with all of the chemicals. With the, with the resource depletion, that's another huge thing, is, is the resource wow. depletion, um, the, mm-hmm. the ruining of crops and soils, the poisoning of the soils, the poisoning of, the, um, <clears throat> of, of water. I mean, we really have to get our act together because we are, it, it will become more and more obvious what we've been doing and there will be sudden ecological and environmental disasters and collapses Mm -hmm. we're already seeing what they call the insect you know the insect apocalypse um we've been may have seen articles about that over the last few years and insects although there's you know there's a lot of people just go ew i'd be happily live in a world without insects no you wouldn't because they're at the no. base of the food chain. Well, not at the base, closer to the base of the food chain, but yeah. Right. Um, but you know, would they, the incredible. insects pollinate? They do all kinds of things that that most people who haven't studied this don't realize. And so yeah, true. we we are so heading true. for environmental trouble, and we would not have a chance if, and we won't have a chance if we can't work together to solve it. And obviously we can't work together if we have a lot of authoritarians telling us, you know, grabbing power and telling us what to do. And I am very, very hopeful that now our our government and uh, will uh, begin to address some of the problems and they will make it easier Mm -hmm. for nonprofit organizations and other people to address the problem. I think that public pressure will bring um, the larger corporations around, which is essential. But again, corporations are made up of people, and we have to, people have to understand how critical the environmental situation is and how much work it's going to take to turn it around so that we can live in some kind of comfortable and civilized way. So, yeah, weather, absolutely. Yeah, this is fascinating because, you know, I was having a conversation a couple of weeks ago on the show with someone, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, the younger folks don't seem to be having sex like they used to. I mean, when I was... In, you know, in my heyday, that's what we talk. What, mm-hmm. We had sex, we had drugs, we had rock and roll. That's what we did. Nowadays, and I attributed all of this to the fact that everyone's on their phone. 
not realizing that maybe the reason they're on their phone is because of an environmental issue as much as a sociological issue where it's safer to be on your phone and interact with somebody. But if the chemicals that we have been feeding these kids all this time has lessened their libido in addition to the fact that they are now pretty much all isolationists on their phones. Um, so it's just another factor as to why the, the population is shrinking. Is that, is that what's going on? I have no idea. I have not seen any um, any science done on uh, how current environmental issues and and chemicals and stuff are affecting libido. You know, it, it would not particularly surprise me. Certainly, we have seen um, uh, we have seen a lot of how chemicals affect, for instance, amphibians. You know, with uh, mm-hmm. frogs and and their sexual development as well so who knows right. but um but it's yeah I, and that's the thing we don't know what effect these chemicals will have and yet because capitalists want to make money they say oh sure. well you know here we go this will this will kill this insect and so you can bring your corn crop in and make a lot of money off of it with no consideration to the fact that other insects are killed, other beings are killed, all of this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it really messes with the very delicate balance, ecological balance of our planet. So what, I mean, you know, another thing that really worries me is, is the fact that, and, and a lot of scientists, is the fact yeah. that the, thermohal- the thermohaline circulation in the Atlantic Ocean is slowing down. It is that thermohaline the circulation. Thermohaline circulation. It's, uh, Please explain. I'll, I'll, it, it's, it's the way that water moves in the Atlantic Ocean um, by, and, and what moves it is, um, you know, there's, they're almost, you know, like the jet stream, but kind of in the ocean. There are streams of water, some of which is more saline, uh, you know, yes. than, um, than others, and, and some of which is warmer, and it's the salinity and the temperature okay. of this water that keeps the water circulating in the Atlantic Ocean. And what's happened is, is the, the water circulating in the Atlantic Ocean is really important because that's what keeps Europe and the British Isles warmer in the winter. That, that's what keeps them from as freezing cold as, for instance, uh, northern Canada. So it would, you know, that's going to have a, a huge effect on the, the, on our weather as that slows down. And one of the reasons it's slowing down is because the glaciers are melting. And that is diluting right. some of the salinity in, you know, in the water. So, I mean, there is just, and I just, I mean, I have a fairly basic scientific, good basic scientific education. Um, and I've, you know, tried to keep up with this, but it's unbelievably complex. And we need our best scientists working their tails mm-hmm. off to figure out what we need to do. And then we need people who are going to actually make it happen. 
you know. Mm-hmm. We do not we do not need more Amazon warehouses. We do not need more right. rockets in space. What we need is money and time and attention and intelligence and wherewithal turned towards yeah. healing our environment if we you know if if we want if the human race is to survive in any kind of way and and people think that it, that this kind of talk is extreme but it's no more extreme than than it was to talk you know than it was when when Trump was running and people were saying, oh, what could he do? He couldn't do, you know, he can't do that much. He's never going to get elected. People don't want right. to face it because they don't know what they can do about it. But even just facing it, even just being aware of it and speaking about it and knowing about it helps change yeah. the, you know, the, the zeitgeist. Because honestly, if you believe, as I'm sure you do, and as I do, and most of us do in, in our communities, um, that psychic um, abilities are, are, are really, everyone is, has, has some form of psychic abilities. And telepathy yeah. is not, you know, telepathy is a real thing. So yeah. on some level, that may not be conscious, certainly, but on some level, we all communicate with each other. So if we are not facing our fears, if we are just saying, oh, it's all going to be fine, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to worry about it, I'm just going to dump this gasoline on the ground and not worry about, you know, any pollution or anything like that, I'm just going to, you know, keep doing all of these things I do that I know harm the environment, but I'm not going to worry about it because I think someone's going to come and fix it, right? Someone from the government's going to come and fix it. God's going to come down and, and, and wave his hand and, and everything is going to be okay. And, you know, the rapture will come. We can't do this. We have to face our fears. We have to face and say, okay, yeah, I'm scared and live with that fear. We do it for everything And that's else. a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do. I know. So, man, we need, we need courage right now. We need courage. We need the courage of our convictions. We need the courage to stand up and say this is important. Fortunately, I think that, that the Biden administration is well aware of that fact. But unfortunately, yeah. um, <clears throat> the Biden administration's hold on what goes on in our country is tenuous. <laughs> And that needs yeah. to change too. So, so are you are you seeing evidence that that the the sigh of relief we're having right now is extremely tenuous or temporary, or both? No, I think the sigh I think the sigh of relief that we're having is good. That it's it's um, it's it's absolutely a thing, and we are absolutely heading in the right direction. And we need some optimism. And I, yeah. I think and I hope that um, this, that we have learned our, our collective lessons from the last four years and uh-huh. that we will, uh, you know, come to, to understand more of how we need to work together. 
We need to work mm-hmm. together. We need to come together and say, this is what's important. Agree on what needs to be done to, to handle it, and then do it. And that, you know, we did okay during the pandemic. Yes, there were a lot of anti-maskers and there are certain yeah. of anti-vaxxers and all of that. But on the other yeah. hand, most people dealt with it. Most people masked up. Most people helped their neighbor. And, and I really do think that, that we need to come to understand how we can work together and then agree on what needs to be done and, and do it. Uh, I mean, we've, we've got our work cut out for us, certainly, but I think on the political spectrum, yeah. we've got at least a couple of years. So I, I think that there's yeah. lots, of, um, lots of progress can be, can be made in those years. There can be, and, and for that, I agree with you. I am optimistic. The problem for me is I deal with a lot of people who are of a certain age, my age, um, who have this opinion or this attitude of, well, I'm not going to be here, so I don't really care. And when I say, well, what about your children and your grandchildren, they look at me in their shoulders and they walk away. How do we accomplish what we need to accomplish without buying from those people? Is it possible to work around those who just won't, acknowledge or assist uh, in a situation where we all have to try to make a difference as far as saving this planet? I mean, I would like to think that there are going to be generations after us, (laughs) you know? We have to. We have to. One way or another. I mean, there are going to be times when we just have to say, you can't do that because it's the law that you have to wear a mask indoors or something like, you know, or, or, or any of these things. Or it's, you know, it's a law that you can't dump gasoline in the river. But for the most part, I really do think that we need to come to a greater understanding of the importance of nature and the importance of the ecology. And that has to happen and the importance of working, working together. And I think that has to happen by example. And then, of course, mm-hmm. when we do things, when we, when we, when we live in the ways that, that are in line with our core values and that we believe that, or, you know, on some level, we can climb on, on subconscious and subtle levels. And I think that that, that, that can change in the same way that, you know, that, that it seemed like Trumpism was a virus that spread to... Mm-hmm. Nice normal people. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. of some really are yeah. you know nice normal people I that agree. we can also spread yeah. spread the virus of under of of a of a strong connection with nature. That's why I wrote such the earth kiss the sky is because a lot of people were kind of you know a lot of the, my astrology clients seem to be kind of flopping around and they're like I. I really do think that my that my spirituality is connected with nature, but I'm just really not into this, you know, a lot of paganism, and, and I'm really not in, and I really don't know how to connect with the earth, and I live in a city, and, and what do I do? And I just think that even the simple act of acknowledging the solstices, the equinoxes, the, the quarters, 
watching how nature yeah. changes, watching how the seasons change, making an attempt to understand what animism is and connect with other forms of consciousness, like the consciousness of trees, the consciousness of yeah. animals. We're, we're learning so much about the living beings that that we are um, <clears throat> surrounded by and that we depend upon and that depend upon us too. This is a... Mm-hmm. Uh, a weaving on on this earth. It's it's a web, the web of life, and and we can't just go through it and go, oh, web, cut it away with the sword. You know this this kind of thing. Um, right. This is uh, this is this is something that that we need to understand more about how the animistic background of the world that most of us in our communities believe in is mm-hmm. not fantasy. This is not magical thinking. This is real. I'm not yeah. asking for people to, you know, to, to have a relationship with a rock, even though many of us do. But I mean, the science <laughs> around consciousness in animals and even now yeah. in plants is, is becoming clearer and clearer. And I think that when people learn to connect with nature to pay attention mm-hmm. to what's going on around them, to even just get out and garden, to understand where their food comes from. Um, oh, absolutely. It, it's, you know, it's, it's really important. And that's another great thing that happened during the pandemic. Uh, you know, the, some of the businesses that are doing great during the pandemic are, are garden supply businesses. Sure. And that's a sure. good thing because um, with Uranus and Taurus, as it is for another three or four years now, we've already seen changes as far as uh, food is concerned and both its production mm-hmm. and its distribution. And we're going to be seeing more, yep. more and more of that. And I do think that large, the, the kind of large-scale agriculture that, uh, that has grown up in, this, in the past century and, and in this century too is, is not the answer for the future. And I You're think right. we're going to have to... Sustainable. Uh huh. I think we're going to have to look to com- much more to community agriculture, supporting community agriculture. But go back to what our great grandparents did, or even our grandparents, my grandparents. You have everybody had a garden. Every- there were always a few chickens running around, and a lot of lot more people are getting into that now. And and I think that's another very hopeful sign. So yes, Raina, I am I am definitely hopeful, but I am also not ignorant of the extraordinary amount of work that has to be done, um, yeah. both to cha- not not both to to change minds and in changing minds to change behaviors. Yeah, I I think sometimes these things have to literally be forced. I mean, when you're in a situation where you can't find food. And for some people, it's just going to come down to that, where you're yeah, going to have to find a local farm to support because you will not be able to get the things you want, period. They will not be available in a grocery store. It happened during the pandemic that we had to frequent, you know, some wonderful farms and meet people and, and you know, support the agriculture that's not – you know, industrialized. It's a good thing. And these are, you know, people that 
are like family now that we, you know, go and see and frequent because those are the people that will sustain you when this happens again. I'm, and I, I hate to say that, that a pandemic will happen again, but it will. It's going to happen again. Oh, of course again. it will. Because of course it will. More people than, more don't than learn one. the lesson that fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were pandemics that, that threatened to happen that were, you know, avoided because uh, there were certain safety guards in place in the previous to the last administration that they had set up which the last administration dismantled um, for I don't know what reason. it would. It's just still boggling my mind. But, you know, you were talking about having a relationship with nature, even in a city, which is so important. I mean, last night we had, you know, the threat of tornadoes right here in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I went out and did a little weather work, you know, and, and said, hey, I'm feeling it, you know. And it doesn't have to be anything, you know, extrenu- you know, strenuous. You could just talk to your weather, talk to the trees mm-hmm. outside. There's, you know, I'm not saying everybody has to go hug a rock, but if you're into it, do it. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Well, and the fact is in that in, in, the, in the course of healing itself, we are not going to be able to avoid massive climate disasters. We just had one in Texas yeah. and Mississippi right. and Alabama where people went for um, days and days without heat, without water. Um, yep. We've, uh, you know, we've, we've, we don't understand how important it is, how important climate is and how yeah. nature is still stronger than we are. And mm-hmm. yeah. there's, you know, there's, I, I, I think we're in for some big surprises climate wise. And I think, you know, Byron Ballard, you know, Byron, of course, um, Byron oh, Ballard talks about this in her book, um, um, Earthworks and how we need yep. circles on the ground and, that's that's we need to get local we need to get to know our neighbors we need to work on a local level because supply lines are not you know are going to shut down um to uh, unless we figure out ways to keep them open which i don't think we're going to do if we had started working on these problems mm-hmm. back when you and I were yelling about them in the 70s and 80s, well, early 80s. Right. Uh, and I, think we, I think we really gave early up the ghost in the late 70s. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I get really annoyed at the, at the whole sort of, well, boomers didn't do anything about the environment nonsense because actually we tried <laughs> and it was the generation that came before us that shut us down. And, yeah, yeah. You know, of course, there are boomers and they're aging hippies. And aging hippies. Right? Thank you. Uh, same age range, slightly different viewpoints. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, we but actually yeah, I mean, care we, about we really need to work together. Yeah, I mean, I just love absolutely. the fact that, the, that, that there are so many millennials who are into the environment. But don't, you know, we, we need to work together, not point fingers at each other. 
And there, there's a certain amount of that that I actually agree with them on. You know, there mm-hmm. were certain oh, ages that we went through. Yeah, I mean, but there's plenty of blame to go around. Look up from the phone mm-hmm. every once in a while, kids. I'm just saying. Um, but, you know, but, but interestingly blame, enough, blame is not helpful. It's blame not doesn't helpful. do anything. It's not helpful It doesn't at all. fix it. And so I think we all just no. need to say, look, you know, we agree about this. We agree that the environment needs needs to be focused on. Um, and and yeah. needs to be healed, and there's work to be done. So let's do the work instead of pointing fingers at each other. Sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I have to give a lot of millennials credit because I see them doing things that my selfish ass would not have done at their age. So much love and credit to you. Um, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, we do have to work together, you know, future generations, post-millennials, Millennials, even hey, listen, even us old ass boomers here uh, are happy to do whatever we can. You know, I mean, time may not be on my side, but you know, I'm happy to employ whatever I can, use whatever I can, talk to whoever I have to, to to try to help the situation. So, you know. Listen, make communities again. Communities were a beautiful thing. People used to look out for each mm-hmm. other and care about each other. We need to get mm-hmm. more back to that. Don't you think? I do. While, you know, hopefully still keeping the lines of communication open as they are now, but the Internet may not always be with us or at least be with us in as reliable a way as it is now. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You're scaring me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but it's true. As I said, we have to face well, our fears. You know, you're right. And I'm spoiled by technology. I am the first to admit it. I am one of these very pro-technology uh, boomers. But, oh, my gosh. As am I. We are actually running. We are running late. Can you believe it? The hour has already come and gone. Dantima, please tell folks where they can find you. I am online at uraniaswell.com. That is U-R-A-N-I-A-S-W-E-L-L.com. Urania, of course, being the Greek goddess of astronomy and astrology. Yes. Are you giving any online classes coming up, or are you writing more books? What else is happening? Well, I am. I, I'm. I'm writing another blog post right now, and my blog post. My blogs are. My blog posts are obviously on my website. I am working on a novel, and Wonderful. it's spring, so I'm going to be out gardening a lot in the next few weeks. <laughs> That's great. Diatima Mantinea, thank you so much for spending the hour with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Raina. It's always a joy to talk to you. Thank you, and I hope you'll come back soon. I'd love to. Take care now. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, I am off tomorrow, and I will see you back next Friday. Get out there. If you have good weather, enjoy it gardening. I'm sure it's time to plant all kinds of things or at least start planning out your your beds. And I will see you all next week. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye.